When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. I'm still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But I'll have, I'll what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. T- distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. Have it. You, you no no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline and deadline. Dude, are you even listening to me right now? Welcome to episode 73 of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. My name's Austin, and Chuck's here. What's up, bud? <laughs> What's going on, man? Not too much, man. Just distracted by whitetails, you know? Yes, I do. Oh, yeah. I, You know what? It, after this episode, it got me, uh, it definitely had me distracted for whitetails. I was off the kick, you know? I, w- I was 100% turkeys. I think you were, too. But I'm still ready for turkeys, man. I... Something about shooting a big-ass screaming chicken in the face with a shotgun just has me excited. Yeah. Well, this is the time of year, you know, when the uptick starts hitting YouTube channels. Everyone's throwing their old turkey content out there, and you can't get enough of it. I mean, it's all over the place. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I love it. I've been watching every night, just episode after episode of turkey hunting. I'm I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm with you, bud. I think I'm going to get a couple new calls here pretty quick and just, just to get back into it a little bit, you know? Yeah, you still rocking Woodhaven or what? What's going on? What kind of calls you want? Because I, I mean, we still have A and F. That my buddy Allen, uh, yeah, Kyle Allen, that'll make us some calls. I ran a, an A and F that I had from the year before that I didn't that I didn't actually use. So I ran that last year, and I ran a Woodhaven. You know, I'm so hit and miss on the Woodhavens anymore. I'm not sure what I really like. I don't know. I just feel like they're so freaking raspy. I'll find something. They are really raspy. They're I know when super. we hunted together, I mean, you were using that one. I'm like, damn, I got some. That's an old, old girl. <laughs> yeah, they're just <laughs> wicked raspy, man. Marlboros, <laughs> smoking Marlboros. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm just I'm gonna play around with a couple and, and just kind of see what I like, and then maybe see if Kyle wants to make me something. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I've already talked to him. He'd be he's perfectly fine with it. Uh, I don't know if you saw or heard. He's doing. A dollar, he's donating a dollar to every call that he sells this year to 
the actual Allegheny National Forest to ANF, which is pretty cool. That's beautiful, man. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know if you could do such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either, but I'm I'm cool with it. That's a great cause. I love the Allegheny National Forest. Yeah, I mean it makes sense too, you yeah. know. So Yeah, definitely. That's cool. I'm I'm glad to, you know, glad to have met him and become good friends with him, you know, playing college baseball and stuff with him and he's a good dude. So yeah. No, I totally agree, man. Way we can help him out, but Yeah. Yeah, man. But you know, I I still I miss it. I miss miss right or I miss uh, deer season a little bit, man. I don't know about you, but talking I, to the uh, fennel boys here, <laughs> it, it had to get you jacked up. I know it got me jacked up. It it has me wanting to go out and put some miles on the ground and see if I can find some bone, man. Yeah, yeah. Shed season's upon us pretty much. I don't know. What do you think? You you waiting a little bit or you going out early with all the cold weather we've had? Man, I'm I'm. If the snow melts, I, I think I got to go out and just hit a couple of the spots that I know some other people might hit. So yeah. that's kind of my plan. But if the snow doesn't melt and it holds on for a while, I'm I'm going to be stuck inside, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, it was just snowing here a minute ago. I think we're going to get a little bit of more snow, but probably nothing real cumulative. And I don't know. Maybe this weekend I, I'm planning on doing a little rabbit hunting Saturday. So if you're available, but we might do a few hours of that Saturday. Just try to get out. Yeah, we'll we'll see what's going on. Another buddy actually asked me if I wanted to go rabbit hunting too. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing Saturday. I I have to build a bench. I I don't know. Maybe I'll put it off. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, benches are for March. <laughs> benches are for March. <laughs> I like it. I like your style. <laughs> but this episode, man, it it's a great episode. I really had a good time talking to these guys. They're both really super easy to talk to. They love hunting. So I mean. What's yeah. better than that? Talking to guys that love hunting. Exactly. And local guys, PA boys, been here, hunt their whole life, hunted 2D. Um, you know, I ran into them down in 2B, hunting some public ground, doing the same stuff we do. And it's just like, you can tell right off the bat, we're the same kind of people. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you, man. Well, well let's not delay any longer, huh? Yeah, let's put Babel. <laughs> let's get them on. All right, man. Let's do it. All right, welcome back to another great episode, boys and girls. We have a couple special guests for you today, local PA boys that give the meaning of Pennsylvania tradition uh, to a T. These guys have grown up in it. They've been around it their whole lives, and I am extremely excited to talk to both Mike and Rick Fennell, father-son combo. Funny thing, uh, we'll get into the story how I met Mike. But they are with the Gripping Grin Outdoors. So, Mike and Rick, how you boys doing tonight? Good, man. Thanks for oh. having us. Yeah, we're great, man. That was, I, I appreciate it. It's great. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're excited to have you guys on. Very excited. Very excited. I want to oh, yeah. know a little bit more about the guy that I met in a parking lot in a public land hunting area. <laughs> yeah. I guess Look, that's one I, way to put it. <laughs> no, um... That was a funny story to that. I actually met you in a public land parking lot in 2B earlier yep. this uh, earlier this fall. I uh, I was coming out because I forgot something at the truck and you were just headed in, you know, exchange words, how you're doing, good lucks. And now here we are a few months later after a long season. So I like it. Yeah, I, I was coming in with uh, maybe like an hour of light left. I already had the spot in mind that I was going to go to and I. I had all this new gear I wanted to try, and so I said, screw it, I'm going to go. It's after work, it's early season, it's hot, why not? Let's give it hell. And then I see you sitting there, and I, I think I made the comment, 
uh, something about would you, you're done early. You must have had some yeah. luck. <laughs> yes, you did. That's exactly what you said. Yeah. I wish were... that was the case, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I just forgot stuff at the truck. Yeah, you forgot. Now, didn't you, you didn't you leave a business card or something in his window or something? Did I hear that? Yeah, that is yep. correct. That yep. is correct. Yeah, I offered you your uh, my uh, my rope. I think you forgot a. Uh, it was my safety. tether. Tether, your tether. Yep. Yeah, I was like, well, hey, I'm a saddle hunter. I got one. You want to use it? And you're like, no, I have one. I just forgot it. I just truck. forgot it. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. And then I didn't see, I never even saw the card. I went and uh, luckily I stopped for gas right there at the gas station on 19 and uh, I pulled out and I saw it sitting there in the light. I'm like, oh, shit. So then I grabbed it. I was like, oh, no, no shit. That's pretty cool. And I figured I'd reach out to you and like, hey, man, exchange words, you know, and we, we do the similar stuff. We're doing the same shit. You know, yep. uh, we seem like pretty similar guys. Let's get you on a podcast. And here we are months yeah, later. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Small world. Uh, ended up finding out we even hunt like similar areas. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Did you ever go in that area I told you about that little doe spot? Right after you told me, I walked over there, looked around. Honestly, don't be surprised if you see me back in there at some point in the years <laughs> to come. But, uh, no means it's a good yeah, one. I walked in, checked it out, and I was like, I'm just getting out of here. I'm already late. I'm already sweated up. I'm just going home. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for the tip. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. <laughs> it's about hunting, uh, helping another outdoorsman, you know? That's what it's about. I mean, if you're not doing that, then uh, I feel like that's how us as a group, as hunters, just get bad name. We get our bad rep. So. Certainly. Well, why don't we jump into uh, getting a little to know a little bit more about each of you, if you want to kind of introduce yourself and, and just a, a small background, it doesn't have to be anything huge, but if you want to tell us a little bit about each of you, so the uh, listeners get to know you a little better. Oh, well, Dad, you got a little length of your background than me, so I guess I'll let you go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew up in in Armstrong County, spent my whole life here, and uh, like I, we had talked earlier, I come from a large hunting family. I mean, both of my parents hunted grandparents on both sides hunted uh it was huge i mean it was really important to carry on that tradition so you know when i did have kids you know i thought well you know i'm gonna have to uh pass this on i mean my parents didn't have a lot of money didn't didn't you know give me any large fortunes to carry on but they gave me uh their their love of the outdoors and i was more than happy to pass it on to uh to mike and my younger son matt so but, uh, you know, and I mostly gun hunted, but I didn't start to bow hunt until, oh, I was probably 16 years old. We just, we were small game hunting and, and uh, I was with my dad and this guy come up out of the woods in full camouflage and my dad knew him. So we stopped and he come up to the door and was talking back and forth about seeing deer and this and that. And when we left, we drove on down the road. I told dad, I said, you know what? I want to do that. That looked really cool. Got a actually got a bow for Christmas that year, a compound, and uh, the fire was lit, and I haven't looked back since. I mean, uh, uh, to date, I've only ever killed one one buck with a gun, and uh, so I've been all bow. And then you know, and it was a lot of fun. I took the compound after four, five, six deer, got rid of the compound, and shot traditional, and I've been shooting traditional ever since. Oh and, man, uh, I love it. You know, it's just it's, and and I've shot way more deer than i had, had taken with the compound however i will say this i have missed way more deer <laughs> than i probably would have missed if i have stuck with the compound but uh that's that's pretty much it I, we don't i don't i never did a whole lot of small game hunting 
for me, uh, it's pretty much been deer, archery in the fall, turkeys in the spring. I don't even, I don't really even fish that much. So, but that, that seems to be my gig. And then, uh, the, the whole filming aspect, uh, I tried off and on in my early years. I'd carry those big camcorders with the full VHS tape in it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it was, it was a disaster. You know, probably a lot of guys probably tried that back in the day, but it wasn't till we were walking out. I was telling Mike this earlier when we were walking out that spring morning when he killed his very first gobbler and it was such an amazing hunt took over an hour and we were walking out with him carrying his bird and i'm thinking god i wish we'd have had that on video you know so you know eventually we started working our way into it we made our own uh camera arms you know and it, it went from there so but it, it, it's just a lot of fun i like yeah, it man cool I, I like that little caveat that you put in there too. I've, I've missed a lot more than I would have with the compound. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah. I I throw up an air ball every once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> it's very honest. I appreciate that. Nah, no problem. <laughs> All right, Mike. As, as for me, man, I remember you. I mean, all I remember is shooting a bow. I don't. I don't know anything else. I. I mean. There's pictures floating around the house of me when I think I was three shooting a yeah. little fiberglass recurve up at my grandma's. And uh, my cousins and I used to play a game that we'd shoot the arrow straight up in the air. And if it stuck in the ground when it come down, we killed whatever we were shooting at. And if it fell over, then then we missed. You know, and since then, it's just it's just it's an addiction, man. I mean, I'll be the first one to tell you that I am 110 percent addicted to this to this sport, to this game, to hunting. And it, it's progressed over the years. Dad's told me stories about when I was little and he would leave how I would cry because I didn't get to go. And That's true. Now, <laughs> I, you you can't get me away from it. If I'm not doing it, I'm thinking about it. If I'm not thinking about it, I'm talking about it. And if I'm not doing any of that, well, then that just means I'm doing it. We shoot religiously all year. And then the, the amount of time and effort we put into it is is crazy uh it's mind-blowing to me to think of everything else that's going on in the world today and that's kind of my my getaway my escape and uh man uh, if i ever lose the fire for that you might as well just bury me then because that's just what i do um, yeah it's kind of funny when when mike was just a, a, a toddler to get him to sleep we'd go spotting deer and he wouldn't go spotting for deer unless he had his camouflage on <laughs> So it, yeah, we, it was ingrained in them at a young age. I like but, that. Uh, it's funny. Oh, well, I I remember his very first turkey hunt. I woke him up at four o'clock. I went in, woke him up, and I uh, told him to get up and get around. I went to the bathroom, and by the time I come downstairs, I'm telling you, it couldn't have been ten minutes or so. When I come down, walked into the living room, he was sitting on the couch in full camo, ready to go. <laughs> so, I mean, he was he was that yeah he was that about it. I, you know, now I try to get him up for school. No way. You know, Man. You tell him you're going hunting. He's, he's, Sign me he's up. ready to go. That sounds yeah. like me so much. It's so weird. <laughs> that's just, like I said, man, that's just part of who I am. It's the lifestyle I live. I mean, we're not just out there filling tags. We're, we're eating every single thing we put on the ground and extremely grateful for, uh, for the meat we put in the freezer for sure. No, absolutely. And you know what? It, it takes a lot of dedication to shoot your bow year round. Most guys, and I got to admit, I'm guilty of it too. I don't start shooting until probably June. I might shoot for three months before the season or something like that. We might shoot a couple of 3D 
shoots or something like that and you know I'm I'm guilty of it. I I can say 100% I'm guilty of it. And, you yeah, know, I'm when you shoot trad, though, though, you have to. You have to shoot year-round if you shoot trad. I yeah. do. Yeah, I do especially. I have to. Yeah, I, or, yeah. and I, I I feel it. I'm not a great shot anyhow, and I need all the practice I can get. So, But, uh, yeah, you, you need to shoot. You need to shoot year-round, I think. I, I would agree with There's no difference in scouting or anything, too. We, we scout, yep. run trail cameras. We try to all year-round. We always tell each other there is no off-season. There's none. Oh, yeah. Kind of the running joke within the group, yeah. Right. I think I fall guilty to more of the season starts and you're out there every single day and you're hitting it hard and I don't shoot as much as I should then because a lot of times it's like right after work, jump in the truck, drive out there, get out of the truck and go. You know, like when we met, I was right, right, right. You know, left of sunlight, but I just got out of work and I didn't care. I wanted to be in the woods. Yep. That it's that time oh, of yeah. year. You live right. for that time of year and we've kinda I mean Again, something I just remember for as long as I can remember is we carry judo points in our quiver, uh, every single one of us. So in that case, I mean, there is a lot of times you go to the woods in the morning, you come home like, man, I don't want to go shoot. I want to go take a nap before I go back out or whatever it may be. It it makes it easy on your walk in to take two, three shots or before you climb down in the morning, pick out a leaf and take a shot from the tree uh, before you get down just to stay fresh. And I know if not everybody, almost everybody within our group it carries one. And uh, does it help? Maybe, maybe not. But oh, it's something no, we it all do. Definitely helps. Yeah, it I would definitely agree. Definitely helps. I would agree. I mean, there's times when I haven't shot my bow all year, and then I get an opportunity at a deer, and I shoot, and I hit like four inches high. I'm like, well, that's weird. And then I go shoot my bow, and sure enough, I'm four inches high. Yep. And, and you know, <laughs> stuff happens when you're walking through the woods. There's a lot of things you can bump. You know, and absolutely. And I would say, yeah, every day you've probably should at some point at least release one arrow. And and I, you know, I I have no use. I can easily set up some lights in my backyard and shoot. You know, I definitely could. 20 yards all day long. I could do it every time. You know, it's just uh, sometimes when you get in that grind, I do. I get in that grind and I just uh, it's the last thing that I think about. I'm more worried about like where I'm going the next day, what are the weather conditions, what, you know, and I just go nuts over it, drive myself crazy. It's easy to do. I mean, yeah. like I said, you prepare all year for, for those six or seven weeks for us. And I mean, you, I don't know how much more you guys hunt to be than we do, but that's an extra month of the season. So I know for us, six weeks, we get to week five. It's like, okay, we really got to buckle down here because we are getting beat and we're burnt, but you know, it's kind of the opposite of turkey season. The longer the season goes, the better it gets in in yeah. the fall. And you're right when it's when it's the grind. It that's all that matters is the grind. There really there really isn't anything else that matters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and you talk about the grind a lot of times, and we say this all the time. Everybody keeps talking about Sunday hunting, and I'm thinking, you know, and Mike and I have discussed this before. It's like, you know, I don't know. I I I kind of like having that day off. You know, it gives me a reason to sleep in. If we, if we, if they allowed that Sunday hunting, I suppose we'd have to be out there doing it. So that's kind of a, <laughs> I, I would have a sword there, I, bud. Yeah. I'd have a yeah. lot of lifestyle, but I would love every minute of it. Yeah. <laughs> I told, I joke with him. I, I'd turn into a fair weather hunter. I would just pick and choose my moments <laughs> way, way more than I do. And don't get me wrong. I am not afraid to hunt in the elements, but there are certain days throughout the course of a season that you know you shouldn't be in a tree, but you go anyway because you know that your days are numbered. If you add in – it was a seven-week season this year. If you add in a whole nother week 
okay, those are seven more days that I may not have to go to the tree when it's 85 degrees in the second week of October because, well, I have to. Yeah. Um, so that, it, like you said, it's a double-edged sword when it comes to Sunday hunting. Yeah. No, I totally agree, man. I'll take them all, personally. I agree. <laughs> I would, too. I spent well, more like time in the tree this year um, than yeah. I have any year, so I agree. I, I actually missed uh, I missed a really nice buck that Sunday of rifle. I I was more bummed, I think, that I missed him because it was Sunday. Like, I wanted to kill a deer on that day worse than anything ever. And I was so bummed I missed him on that extra day, man. You're not the only person that, that felt that way because I know multiple, multiple people that did. I mean, I, even one guy did shoot one on Sunday, and that was like the highlight. You know, it was like I shot a buck on the, you know, on the first Sunday of rifle season in PA ever. So that was... See, that was kind of, I went out um, the first Sunday of archery, and I'll tell you what, around here, nobody had any business being in a tree that day. It was like 60 mile an hour winds, like trees were coming oh, down, yeah. man. It was. That was uh, two days after I shot the, the buck I shot this year, I think. Yeah. It was, it yeah. was a gnarly yeah. day, man. It was, I went out and I stayed in like, on like a field edge. I wasn't even in the trees and it was just, it was whipping. I just, I left early. I was like, it's not even worth being out here. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I did stay that night. I stayed till dark. I climbed up uh maybe five feet up in the tree and after the second tree I saw I watched fall to the ground. <laughs> uh climbed down and stood beside my tree for the rest of the night. And I knew I wasn't gonna be anything. I mean it was like legitimately sixty mile per hour wind gust. But and, you're out there. <laughs> but I was out there. There's yeah. no, there was no way. Yeah, shoot them on the couch, man. Yeah. No. Yeah, you can. 60 mile an hour winds are not. Yeah. If you're not there, there's a 100% chance you're not going to get one. Unless you hit one with a car or something. <laughs> I, one of my, one, I, year, oh, this has probably been 40 years ago. I was hunting a, a private farm. And it was the night I had to leave for New York uh, that night. And I went out on an evening hunt. I put a, went in in the afternoon and put a stand over a smoking hot scrape by the time i went in there in the early afternoon to climb in my stand there was a thunderstorm moving in the winds were high and i climbed in the tree and i'm literally standing there with one arm around the tree as the tree swaying back and forth thinking what am i doing i have absolutely no business being in the tree i wasn't in the tree half an hour and i turned around here come a buck and i never even heard him he just the next thing I know, he was standing next to me, and and I shot him, and he ran sixty yards and fell over. And I had, by the time I got back to my truck, it was a torrential downpour. But <laughs> I had no business being in the tree. But that's just how things work. Unreal, man. You gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And sometimes yeah. those weather days are some of the best. The best years. days. Yes, you're right. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Just not that day with the the high winds. Nothing was <laughs> yeah. moving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was a Sunday. They don't move on Sundays. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's take it back just a little bit. Let's get into when you started Grip and Grin and what Grip and Grin's all about. And let, let's hear a little bit about it. Who are the guys on the team? You know. It all started kind of as a joke. I remember Dad coming home one day. This was back in 2014, I think. Dad come home from work, and he just looked at me and basically was like, I've been watching these videos on YouTube. And I want to try it. Like, I'm going to get a camera and we're going to try it. And I'm like, at first I was a little skeptical. I'm like, man, what we do is hard enough already. Now you want to implement more movement, more gear. But okay, let, I mean, I'm down. Let's try it. Uh, the first camera arm that we had, I actually built in 
metal shop when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did. we were about as green and as raw as you could get when it came to, to filming hunts. Uh, we had no idea what we were doing. We had no editing experience. And I kind of laugh about it now because if you go back and watch some of our first videos on our YouTube channel and stuff, like uh, I want to say the first video we ever pl- published was uh, my brother missing a turkey. Yeah, it, first, it was that just, was the very first video. It was more laughs yeah. than anything. I mean, we missed a couple right. jakes. I took a couple pop shots <laughs> after he missed, and it, it was just fun at that point. But over the years, we've added guys. We've added cameras. I think this past year we had six cameras in the woods. That's just, solid, though. You're getting all the content having yeah. that many cameras going. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's fun. I mean, it's yeah. just fun. And then my buddies see me doing it and see Dad doing it and – like, well, what do I got to do to become a part of this? And yeah, it's like, yeah. man, just get a camera and film for us. We're nothing. I mean, we're not a big name in this in this field. I mean, we're just having fun doing what we do and being able to relive these memories now is probably the biggest part of what we do and why we do it. I, the turkey hunt dad was talking about earlier, that was an hour long hunt that was start to finish. There was no break and there was stuff through in that you know, through that turkey hunt that I'll probably never see again. Uh, just the hunt itself. I remember it clear as day, but if I was able to relive that hunt through a video, we talk about it all the time. That would probably be the best hunt we'd ever put on film. Um, it just, yeah. that's just what we do. We're just having fun. And it's been, it's been cool to see us progress over the years. Our, our editing skills are getting better. The video quality is getting better. All of a sudden somebody fills a tag early. Now we have a cameraman. Um, and those are by far the best footage we put out is when we have two guys in the tree as it, it, silly as it sounds, but I mean, it makes sense but oh, at the same time, two guys moving more camera gear. It's just, it's just fun. And it's another challenge that none of us are afraid to back down from. And like and I said, as it, a side, as a side effect too, we get, we, there's another, uh, thing that really works to our advantage and we, we didn't plan on, but now when we get these maybe a shot later in the evening or whatever, and we're not sure of the hit. Yeah, we got it on film. Now we can go home and put it on the computer, put it on the screen on TV, and get to play it back. And, you know, if you're not filming, you don't get to see that. But that in itself, is, is a, it can be a blessing too at times. Yeah, it's extremely helpful, especially on those. Oh, big time. Um, you know, a lot of times you don't find your arrow. Uh, maybe the arrow stays in the deer. Uh, there's a lot right. of things happen where you know you're not too sure about the shot and the best thing is yeah. to out review the video okay looks like a good shot we're going back in you know or hey it's yep. a little back let's wait until morning you know that is yep. hugely hugely helpful especially when you don't have the arrow you know yep we've been on both sides been, of that corner. yeah i mean these, good and bad guys been beating me up guys have been beating me up too because i'm i'm the trad guy i shoot the cedar and the the old style aluminum. I don't have a lighted knock. Well, they finally convinced me to to uh, go to a lighted knock this year. This is my first time doing that. Man, I'll tell you what, I was greener than heck the first part of the season. I put the arrow on the string, the light would come on in the dark. I'm going, how the heck do I shut this off? <laughs> you know, I'm, send, I'm sending Mike a text. He says, we need a safety pin. Said, Dude, I'm 20 feet up in a tree. I don't have, where am I going to find a safety pin? <laughs> so I had to dig in, uh, dig in my pack for my knife and uh, to get up there and shut that off. So now, you know, if you ever see me in my, uh, my quiver, I have a safety pin stuck to my leather hood on my bow. <laughs> just for that purpose. Well, I'm glad you're oh, using yeah. nocturnals. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't let yeah. Him, I wouldn't let them go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a lot. Like I said, it's a lot of fun. And we're like I said, we're by no means professionals at this. But what you see on these videos is who we are. It's how we act. We're not. Th- this stuff isn't scripted. This isn't reenacted. This is raw emotion, real conversations, just downright having fun with this with yep. this sport of hunting. I mean, it's just it's part of who all of us are that are in this group and and it shows and it seems like you guys do a lot of real time uh you know when you're putting your video together it's it's the actual timeline of how things occurred you know and it's yeah, in we, real we try to do that yeah 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 it's it comes across really authentic and you guys actually have some pretty cool videos it's something that being from Pennsylvania and wanting to do it you know as Austin and I have been carrying a camera around we can watch it and get a lot of enjoyment out of it. And we respect it because we know how hard it is. We know how difficult it is. And we know that you guys doing it, it's relatable. So it's a lot of fun to watch. We, we kind of talk about that too. Like you pull up our YouTube channel. We don't have thousands of views, but the views that we do have are people like us guys that are local. I know our bow club, every time we show up, Oh, well there's the grip and grin crew. You know, how, how many are, how many are here today or it's just, we, I think the biggest compliment we had was, uh, we were at the Reinhardt 100 a few years back in Ohio and we were hanging out at the pool at the campground and we didn't have any gear on. Like we have hats and shirts and stuff that we do for us and for fun. Some people want them. That's fine. We'll get them for you. We were just hanging out, no gear on. We had a young kid come up. I want one. (laughs) Hey, send me your address, man. I'll send you one. Like, come up to us at the pool and was like, hey, you guys have a YouTube channel? This kid was from West Virginia. And again, we didn't have our stuff on. This kid picked us out of a crowd. And it's like, man, that's cool. You know, we did something right. And then, I mean, that's happened multiple times now throughout. Well, I think that same shoot, if you remember, we were in line at a target, a double shot. It was a target. or One of the stations had two targets. We were in line to shoot. And the guy behind us said, Hey, I saw you guys. You guys did a video on this shoot, didn't you? And, he, and yeah. that's how he ended yep. up at the shoot. He, he, did he cool. Google or, you know, got on YouTube and searched for, uh, R100 in Coshocton and it, our video come up. So that, that got him to the shoot. So that was kind of cool too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We, uh, we usually put a group of guys together every year and do the camo care shoot and we cover it. We do a podcast on and we usually sponsor targets and stuff like that. that. Is and cool. It's been pretty, it's been pretty cool, man. I, I really like doing 3D shoots. We'll yeah, it's to not get together far. sometime. Yeah, you guys so. ought to come up and do that shoot with us this year. It's it's not far. It's just up in Freiburg. It's yeah. not far. Oh, you know, I've heard a lot about Freiburg. I've heard a lot it, about their shoots, and I have a, not been there, but I did. We'll have, yeah. to, we'll have to try that. Get me yeah. the tapes. We'll have to. We might have to make a trip up there. Oh, they're fun. That far. They're fun. And it's for a good cause. It's uh, it's, so it's camo. Oh, yeah. It's Absolutely. camo cares, and all the proceeds go to um, wounded veterans and terminally ill kids. So it. It's, it's pretty yeah, sweet. It sends them on uh, hunts of a lifetime. Yeah. It's basically make a wish for outdoorsmen. Yeah. That's cool. Is it put on every year? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Is this an annual thing? Yep. Oh, yep. well, yeah. You'll have, to, you'll have to get us the dates. I wouldn't mind seeing it. We'll, we'll make a trip up for that. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually looked today. They haven't released the uh, date of the shoot yet, but as soon as they do, I'll let you know um, because yeah, do that. we've been going every year now for three years and this will be our fourth year, but I think it's their 12th annual shoot. That they do, and wow. they raise, um, you know, they've raised, 
I believe they said in like the first 10 years, they raised over a million dollars. They raised roughly a hundred thousand a year. Wow. If that's that's awesome. awesome. Really yeah, cool. Really awesome. cool. Huge party, a ton of people. Uh, you got to get, yeah, you got to get registered early because it, it fills up. It will sell out. But even if you don't shoot, there's always people that come and just party and do the raffles. They have gun raffles, ticket raffles, all kinds of fun stuff. Now, is this something that goes all weekend? Is this a multi-day shoot or, you know, is it a couple days or is it? It's a one day event. A lot of guys oh, go up okay. RVs and their campers and they'll stay Friday night there on the actual yeah. ground. And then they will shoot Saturday and Saturday's the whole party. It starts in the morning. The shoots at like 9 a.m. And then they have live entertainment. They have raffles going all day. You can literally be there from oh. like 9 p.m. It's, it's crazy. Sounds, yeah, we'll sounds to, like a we, good time. We're definitely going to have to make a trip. Yeah, we'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah, 3D that targets. Like it would be a 30 target course, all outdoors. Uh, the one nice. course is really cool. There's a lot of like uphill, downhill shots, and it, it's pretty fun. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. So how did you guys come up with the name, I wonder? Because it's a pretty cool name. That was my next question. <laughs> this, I gotta again. Well, uh, that's just, all Mike there. <laughs> just having <laughs> just having fun with it. And this kind of transpired really quick from the time we were like, hey, we're going to start filming to like all of a sudden, okay, well, what are we going to do with the videos? We're just going to keep them. And dad's like, well, we'll just make a YouTube channel. And then that led to, well, we need a name. And it didn't take me very long to, to come up with it because to me, grip and grin, that's what I'm trying to do at the end of every hunt. I want to grip and grin. It just kind of stuck. Like some people were like, well, that's more of a saying. Yeah, but that's, that's what we're doing. I mean, we're gripping and grinning. We take grip and grin picks. And then the logo, it just, <laughs> I just threw something together, G and G in some graffiti style letters with some, with some deer antlers. And we played with that multiple times, tried incorporating a, a turkey beard or spurs at one point. There's just, uh, again, it was just something we had fun. I drew that original logo by hand. That's cool. And my, my younger brother, he's more of the tech, tech side of things. He's not, not big into the hunting side and that's fine. Nothing against that at all. He understands it. He supports what dad and I do. And, uh, he's our technical support. We call him. He took it. He took my original drawing and made it digital and cleaned it up and yeah, cleaned it up and made it what it is. Yeah. I can dig that. I like that you kept all, kept it all in the family too. You know, the, the entire process was all still family related and within both you your brother and your dad i mean that's something you'll look back on like that's that's something the project that we did as a family it's you know you'll be talking about right. forever right. oh yeah and it, it's it's went through the roof from what it started as i mean at first it was just hey we're gonna do this for fun it was me and dad like i said and then all of a sudden buddies start seeing it well hey what do i gotta yeah, do how to can become, i get involved yeah i'll you know, just get a camera and film for us man right. put a video out every year and then my brother, like I said, is huge into the computers and technical stuff. Got us on Facebook and Instagram, made a, made our own website. Like we have our own website. We're in, the, in, the, in the processes of, you know, trying to get some of our, you know, our shirts and hats and stuff. A few years ago, we did a 3D schedule when the, when the main websites were down. We, we put together a 3D schedule that we had on there with all the local shoots. It's just, the possibilities are endless in reality. It's just a matter of how how serious about it do we want to get and 
time and money, really. Yeah. No, Why don't you name a couple of them, them guys, a couple of your pro staffers, if you don't mind. You want to give them a shout out? So, uh, I mean, first and foremost, started with dad. I could, I mean, he's <laughs> he's the heart and soul behind this whole operation. I mean, he's. Oh, you're too cool. You must want some. <laughs> no, I, it's the truth. I wouldn't I wouldn't be I wouldn't be the outdoorsman I am today if it wasn't for him. Oh, well, um, thank you for that. But that. Yeah. But um, Fred Corbett, basically a brother to me. Uh, he's the only one in the group that has yet to dive off the deep end and get a camera. But he's been here since the beginning, represents us supports and supports us wholeheartedly. Dan Laux, he has, we call him the mojo man because the guy just kills bucks every single year. Cody McConnell, another, uh, another kid I grew up with. I've known him since grade school. Jordan, Jordy Truscott, I filmed him shoot his first year with a bow this year. Uh, the Chris. other big one, Chris, Chris Casiso is, uh, also on board filming for us. All those guys have cameras. Like I said, except for Freddie, we're slowly inching him to, yeah. uh, to dive off the deep end. Whether he does it yeah. this year or not, we'll find out. But, and it's, it, it goes, side. it goes beyond that. You know, multiple buddies support it and have shirts and hats. Like we put an order together. I think the first two orders we put together that were just for the group. I think we had almost three thousand dollars worth of worth of stuff, and that was just for the group. I mean, yeah. now we have a, a little bit of a stockpile when it comes to that stuff because all of a sudden people want this stuff. Like, hey, I want to support you. Like, yeah, you're just having fun, but it's a cool T-shirt, and it's a it's a T-shirt. You know, I mean, who doesn't need another T-shirt for ten or fifteen bucks or whatever? Yeah, so <laughs> that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. I I know I, I know exactly what you're going through. We went through. A lot of the same stuff, you know, starting the podcast and everything. And it's amazing to see where something that you want to start as a little side project or a passion project and, and what it turns into. And I think you guys are uh, the epitome of that for sure. It's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, definitely appreciate We're it. We're trying. It's yeah. a working <laughs> pro- process. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a new subscriber, so I haven't caught up on all the videos, oh, but I've been going through a couple of them. So. Oh. I very appreciate good, that. Yeah. Absolutely. Let us yeah, know what you think, too, man. If there's, if there's, yeah, let us know. You'll know. You'll notice one thing right off the bat. My, uh, Mike here is he wears his emotions on his sleeve. I mean, there there are some that uh, I thought he was going to outright cry. I mean, because of what what was going on in the hunt. So, but that's uh, just he, the person he I try am. To hold, yeah, he doesn't try do to that. hold his emotions. And so he's that's a lot of fun. I do that in everything I do. Um, yeah. Sports baseball hunting I, I mean i'm not afraid to to show or act how i feel that's just to me that's part of it if you if you have to hide that then you're probably out there for the wrong reasons anyway well, i watched yeah. uh i watched your 2020 buck hill and you know i didn't see any of that you were like stone face i didn't even see you like smile at all dude i was so <laughs> in shock and i'm sure we'll get into that hunt at some point tonight but oh, will. i oh, there. when i tell you the story and i mean you you've already seen the video so you oh, know yeah. the story but like there was so much that went into this this year for me and it was an emotional year it was a roller coaster of a year and i like i said earlier i put more time in the woods in the tree this year than i ever have and it dad jokes about it because if you if you watch the video right after the shot <laughs> i i don't say anything for to me it felt like forever but it's only probably a few seconds just because I'm trying to process what just happened because it happened so fast. It caught me so off guard. And then for it, 
everything to come together the way it did was just was just amazing. Well, let's get into it a little bit. Yeah. I, I I mean, and I want to hear you tell you a story. Watch, if if you watch, you'll you can see his binocular because the uh, my the pack, binocular my case pack. on his shoulder, yeah, on his binos, on his chest. And uh, not long after the shot, you'll see it start to shake. He gets the biggest the shakes pretty bad, and it's so funny. <laughs> I'm gonna go back and watch that now after this. It, oh, it, you, like you I look, said, keep, right after yeah, the you'll shot, see it, it starts to shake. Right after the shot, I'm like you said, I'm stoned. There's like no emotion, but then all of a sudden, I think it's right after I turn the turn around to turn the GoPro off. I turn back around. You can just see it literally. And now, I mean, nobody's gonna see this, but you guys can see me right now. Literally on my chest, it just starts. I mean, it just starts going. And, and like, and I remember, I remember that clear as day. I remember the first time we watched the video on the big screen, and I pointed it out to Dad. I was like, "And the shakes start now, right as the pack starts shaking." And it's obvious, like you can see it clear as day start shaking. But what a what a year it was in the woods for me. Yeah, I want you to recap the whole year. I don't want you to start with the best story. Yep, that's say- what I'm talking about. For the end. Well, let me re- I'll, I'll relay one of this on and uh i wasn't in the tree with him but uh, it was on the same farm actually it was an evening hunt he's on a he's on a bean field and usually uh, uh what we do is he'll when we either we can down the tree usually we'll call the other one let him know hey we're on a way <laughs> I know out whatever well yeah you do well it got to be well after dark and i was with my wife and i said yeah i can't believe i haven't heard from mike yet i said well, i'm gonna call him well, i called him and he answers the phone like whispering. Like, he goes, what? I go, dude, where are you? He goes, I'm still in the tree. I go, good God, why? He goes, I got five bear around me. <laughs> and I guess one of the bear even come up and put its paws on the bottom steps of his climbing stick. So, yeah, he was a little shook up and he wasn't ready to move out of the tree until the, the bears moved away. But uh, <laughs> I think if, was... I'm, if I remember right, you went clear to the middle of the soybean field to walk yeah. out, didn't you? I walked the way out around them. Yeah. I, I, hey, I can't blame you there, bud. One come to the base of my tree and I had to scare it off. It started coming up like onto my tree and I was in a climber back then. I had to scare it off. And even after I scared it oh. off and run a country mile, I still waited till someone with a gun came and, and <laughs> at least yeah. was there before I walked out. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely, and I'm by no means af- afraid of that kind of stuff. I mean, maybe I when I was little, but like, that's a little intimidating. Not one, not two, not even three, but five. And yeah. one of them was yeah. looking and up right at dark. me. I don't like yeah. bears in dark. That just doesn't mix for me there. <laughs> yeah. No, so, right. but 2020 for me, I mean, it's a full recap. We could go the whole way back to the spring. Um, I think we should. Unfortunate. I did shoot a turkey last last spring. Didn't get it on video. Kind of a short, funny story to that. I had just got into the Carpenters Union, and I was I had just got a call to go to my first job, and uh, I was in the woods. It was a s- Monday morning, I think. I could be wrong. I don't remember what day of the week it was, but anyway, I got a call. Guy says, "Hey, you're going to work?" I'm like, "Okay, cool." Come out, call Dad. Hey, I just got a call. I'm going to work next week. What what should I do? And he goes, ditch the camera gear and go kill one. He goes, you got a second tag. If you want to film one or get one with a bow or whatever, take the gun and just go kill one. So I left that spot and I went back to the spot I was off the roost. I left all the camera gear in the car, of course, like I was told. I agreed. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, I, I completely agreed with that. Let's go put one in on the ground. 
I kid you not when I say this, I left the car with my gun, no camera gear, 10 minutes. It took me 10 minutes to call in two long beards, screaming their head off to 15 yards and could have killed them both. <laughs> uh, just picture perfect, walked right down the tram road, did everything they were supposed to do, gobbled the whole way to 15 yards, roll them over, no camera gear. <laughs> textbook textbook hunt would have been an amazing video and where's the camera gear 150 yards back in the car so but the one that broke his heart though uh, was uh yeah your, I, uh, your bow hunt. I did seriously try to shoot one with a bow this year and i have this hunt on video we did not put it out we may still end up putting it together i'm not 100 percent sure but i was on the ground with my bow no blind oh that's tough and I had yeah with fluorescent orange bowstring. Yeah, and it probably cost me honestly. <laughs> I got him <them> too. <laughs> I called it. This bird flew down, hit the ground, was working straight away from me. And this was a bird that Dad and I worked all season. I mean, we've we we hunted this. I'm assuming this specific turkey very very hard. And we have multiple calls in our in our regiment that are the same. And I went in there off the roost thinking, I'm going to use, I'm going to start with a different call, something that he hasn't heard. He hit the ground, worked away from me, and I knew he was working away. I switched to the call that I knew dad was running for the majority of that season and called this bird back on a rope to eight yards on the ground, no blind, right to the decoy, full strut. And I went to um, gobbler guillotines this year, headshots only. I did everything but get a shot off at this turkey. And if you watch the video, it wasn't me. I am, I'm, I'm a stone. My, the brim of my hat doesn't even move. I'm breathing heavy, but I did no movements to, for this bird to pick me. And when I went to draw, he was already boogered and on his way out. That was the heartbreaker of the spring. Oh man. Um, that's tough. And the only thing we could attribute it to was those fluorescent orange bowstrings. And if it wouldn't have been for the GoPro behind him, they could see him and the turkey. I could tell there was no movement. He did not move at all, but those bowstrings stuck out, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what, what boogered him. We kind of feel that way simply because the turkey just went off of the knob, and he started gobbling again. It wasn't like yeah. he was boogered to the point of, yeah, I'm out of here. for five, right. Within five minutes, the turkey was already gobbling again, but that was my spring in a nutshell. Um, yeah. Fast forward a little bit into the summer. Like I said earlier, I shoot my bow year round and we shoot a lot of 3Ds. I, I shot a 300 this year Ooh. At, at, at a 3D shoot and I flirted <laughs> yeah. with it all year. I was in the 290s all year, <laughs> finally managed to manage to do it. And that was that was the highlight of my summer, uh, my 3D season. Shot a 300 for the first time. I've never done that. I mean, what can you complain about that? I mean, you know, I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome, right? right? right. Like 300. I think I live around that that? 230 range there. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I, I have, I got us, I must say, uh, if you would have asked me two or three years ago, if I'd ever shoot a 300, I would have laughed in your face because I was going through the worst case of target panic ever. Like I did not even want to pick my compound up. I would take, the traditional bows and my compound to a 3D shoot. I would shoot my compound for the first half and see how I felt. There were multiple days where halfway through the shoot, compound went to the truck and the recurve came out. <laughs> Just because I was I was that in that dark of a place when it came to shooting a bow. It was terrible. And growing up, I was, you know, with all we shoot with all my buddies 
I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but if you beat me, you had a good day. All of a sudden I became the guy that was like the, the runt of the litter. Like I was not beating anybody <laughs> and, and it, it bothered me. And I went to about rock bottom and started over. I dug myself back out and I can say that confidently. I mean, it, I, did, I shot a 300 last year. Like I, I still have the card hanging on the wall. I'm looking at it right now. It's, it, it's, a uh, it's important to me. Like that's, that's awesome. Absolutely. Um, so fast forward to deer season. Um, I shot two does and my buck. Uh, the first doe I shot was in that bean field, same stand that I had the bear under me that dad was telling you about. And they're, that, those two kind of go hand in hand. I shot my first doe out of this bean field now, and I'll probably catch some flack for this, but I really personally, I don't care. I was confident in this shot. I shot this first doe at 50 yards and I, I mean, I pinwheeled her. I made a perfect shot. The deer was not on alert. And I know a lot of, a lot of things can happen at 50 yards, but I was completely confident in myself and in the situation to take that shot. Uh, got that hunt on film. Uh, that doe didn't make it out of, out of the field. The bear come in next. A few days later, they actually left me and went to the gut pile from that doe from a few days prior. Ooh. So that's kind of how that all tied together shot the second doe also on film off of a different property again didn't go very far i think she went 40 yards and piled up yeah that was actually out of a ground blind that cody uh that i mentioned earlier he and i built that ground blind out of a old fitting room that i got from dick sporting goods when i worked there we turned an old fitting room (laughs) into a ground blind you could literally put a bed in there like the thing is huge (laughs) <laughs> we put a build it on a slightly elevated platform, put a roof on it, cut six windows into it, and now we have we, we have the fitting room, uh, is what we call it. <laughs> That's kind of co- cool, actually. Over, over, a, over a clover plot, so like multiple times last year, where ahead tonight? I'm going to the fitting room. Yeah, so that was just a side kind of kind of cool side story there. But in, after the you second, know, I think, go ahead, Dad. I think I think you need to mention that first dove that he shot from 50 yards. Over the summer, we decided to tinker with our arrow setup, and we went to a high FOC single bevel broadhead. Now, Mike was shooting 190 grain single bevel grizzly. Okay. And when he hit that doe, when he hit that doe from 50 yards, it actually on the off side leg, it actually cut the humerus bone completely in half. <laughs> I'd never seen anything like that in my life. Yeah, I remember you had a pretty good, pretty nice arrow set up with the uh, the wraps and everything on it. Yeah. I think we briefly mentioned that when we ran into one another, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and that's that's another thing like for me, I don't I don't none of us do. Dad and I especially, we don't shoot factory fletch. We we get shafts either bare shaft or as soon as we get them we're stripping them and we do them ourselves. That's you know, again, kind of within the group, we all have our own color scheme. We all have you know, it's just, uh, it's our way of making our setups part of us. I like so that. I, yeah. you know, I Pretty shoot, cool. you know, like I shoot orange, dad shoots yellow, Cody shoots green, Freddie shoots red. I mean, we all have our, hmm. it, it's, it's again, it's fun. It's something you get to do with, you know, with your setups. So, yeah. but on, on the, on the arrow setup side, I will probably never shoot anything else completely sold on that setup had amazing performance but in between the second doe and my buck kill i did hit a bear with my bow this year at 10 yards i'm gonna say partially on film i had footage of it i didn't a hundred percent get the shot i kind of blocked it out 
And if you would have asked me that night, if I would have bet the house that night, getting out of the tree that I killed this bear, I was a hundred percent. Like I smashed this thing, pinned him to the ground, did a barrel roll, broke my arrow off and barreled out of there. And, uh, he, it literally looked like somebody took a bucket of paint and just dumped it for a hundred yards and then not another drop. And I did absolutely everything in my power to recover this thing. I mean, five of us and a dog went in the next day and could not turn this thing up. Oh, um, man. I didn't pick my bow up for five days. I didn't hunt. I didn't want anything to do with it. It just made me sick. Those opportunities just do not come around every day. I mean, yeah. a bear with a bow in, in PA, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's, that's you know, pretty like impressive. That just doesn't happen. Oh, man. So, do you think maybe the hole got plugged up with a big hunk of fat or something like that? Or It may have. I well, talked to the lady that brought the dog in just through conversation. She thinks I was too far forward and only caught the offside lung. Man, I, I honestly, I don't know. I, to this day, it still stumps me and it bothers me and it probably will until I end up killing one. I've never killed a bear huh. with a gun or a bow. So yeah, neither one of us have either. It's no. uh, a bear's vitals a little farther forward than a deer's they're vitals. Far- they're back. I think they're, I think oh. they're further back. Oh, okay. I had that back. So I think they're that, further back. Yeah. That probably played into it because instincts took over and i said okay right behind the shoulder yeah and it was slightly quartering to me so i could see where i did only get one lung now hard lesson to learn but lesson learned yeah um i won't make that mistake again but it it did it 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 bothered me and like i've said multiple times tonight talking to you guys i take a lot of pride in what i do and have a lot of respect for the animals that were out there chasing and it made me sick like i said i didn't pick my bow up just to even go out back and shoot like, Hey, I know I can shoot. I just messed up. That's on me. And mentally that bugged me, but it took me multiple days just to pick the bow up and go out back and shoot some. And then a couple more days to get back into the tree. So fast forward a couple days, maybe a week. I had to go to training the last week, which was the seventh week, uh, for work of our archery season. So Friday morning, the 13th of November, I went, went into the tree knowing that I had three days to hunt and that was it Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And man, what a morning it turned out to be. <laughs> I mean, right off the bat, you know, broke daylight. It was slow. I think I saw my first deer around eight fifteen, and it was a spike, uh, come off the hill behind me, just cruising through I'm thinking, okay, cool. Noticed he's looking down into the creek bottom in front of me, stood up, saw another buck dog in three does. I grunted, I bleated, I couldn't get those deer to do anything. I mean, they had one thing on their mind and that was running. Yeah. So as soon as they worked off, did a rattling sequence, had another spike cruise through and all that happened, those five deer, six deer were in a half hour time frame from 815 to 845 and it's November 13th. I'm thinking, man, if it's like this all day, we're just going to have to try to sit this out as long as we can go. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden it now it's 1030 and I haven't seen another deer and I'm like, all right, what could I do midday before I get back in? Do I go hang a stand? Do I get down and go take a walk? Like what, what do I do here? And for the most part into November, if I'm not sitting all day, which I rarely ever do, I'm sitting late into the morning, 11 noon, getting out, taking a cat nap, grabbing something to eat and get back in. So in my head, I haven't seen anything. It's getting hard to sit here now. It was like 10 minutes to 11. 
I reached down into my backpack and took a handful of sunflower seeds and threw them in my mouth and said, when I'm done with these, I'm going to pack up and leave. So ate my mouthful of seeds, simultaneously spit the last seed out, stood up, turned around. Why I did this first, I will, I, I will never know, but I took my arrow off my bow and put it in my quiver. Went to reach for my backpack. Now, mind you, we have all this camera gear to tear down. Oh, yeah. Went to reach for my backpack. And I don't remember if something caught my eye or or if I heard it. But to my left, here comes this deer. And he's at 60 yards and coming. Now, you want to talk about two of the fastest oh shit moments of my life. One was, there's the deer. Two was when I turned and looked at my bow. There's no arrow knocked. <laughs> now, I have to knock an arrow, turn the whole way around, get the camera gear situated and on this deer, turn on the GoPro, the main camera. By that time, he's 35, 30 yards and still coming quite briskly. He was on a trail that I knew he, if he walked through this opening, it was 26 yards. So I moved my pin to 26 yards. He comes into this opening. I'm already at full draw waiting. Cameras on him, whole nine yards. He does a 90 degree turn and comes right to me. Walks right up to me, 10 yards and works the scrape, which I have on film. Probably some of the coolest footage I think I've ever seen or captured. I mean, the deer is putting the licking branch in his mouth. Oh yeah. And I'm looking down on this deer. Now, I mean, think I'm 22 ish feet in the air and this deer's at 10 yards. So the deer is close and I'm looking down on his rack and I can clearly see that it's wider than his body. I can clearly see that this is a big deer. I don't know how many points he has. I know he's legal. My mind is just on, okay, we got to get an arrow into this thing. And he is. Well, you thought he was going to see you. I, well, there's nothing between him and I at 10 yeah, yards. And I he's working this straight. He was going to see you, man. <laughs> I, I turned my bow sideways just to try and break up my outline. My, I didn't yeah. have a face mask or anything on at this point. Like I'm climbing down and I'm looking down through my bow at this deer working this scrape. And I, it was then that I realized my pin was still at 26 yards. Now I shoot a single pin slider. My, at the very bottom of my slider is 20 yards, 20 and in, I can shoot same pin. I don't have to hold any different. Deer finishes working this scrape, comes right underneath me, walks into my next opening. And I just threw the camera to that hole because I knew it was that opening or it wasn't going to happen. And at that point, I had three days left. The season I had was an up and down roller coaster. I had already had two bucks that I had encounters with shot off of neighboring farms. I was like, I'm shooting this deer. It's just that simple. If I get it on film, I get it on film. If not, oh well. Threw the camera to the hole, drew back. He starts into a, into a trot. I had to try. I grunted twice and got him to stop. And I, I held under him. I, I was under him with my pin. Complete guess. Something that I already know that I need to work on because I want to know how low I need to aim in situations like that if it were to happen again. Cause I completely guessed. I'll be the first one to tell you that. Let it go, double lunged him. He jumped straight in the air, mule kicked, landed on his face, and hauled it out of there. And you, I mean, you've seen the video. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, what? What? Like, did that just happen? There's no way that just happened. You know, I'm climbing down. There's no way. You know, and then I pull the binos up and I look at the shot and I can see blood right where he was standing. It, it just, flood, emotions going crazy, like disbelief. Now, I don't have service. Like I got to tell somebody, <laughs> you know, I took the camera off the camera arm 
put it in my, my muff and this hill behind me is like almost straight up for about 40 yards. And I was, I felt like a mountain goat, one tilt, full sprint up that hill into that field to get service, call dad. And at this point in the morning, he's thinking he's getting a, you know, a normal, typical recap. I left all my stuff in the tree. Like I took the camera and my cell phone, my bow, the camera on my backpack, everything stayed in the tree. I just had to tell somebody I was so fired up, I get up there and he, he just, you know, listen to the phone call. Cause it speaks for itself. He just answers the phone. Like, yo, like he's expecting a typical morning recap. And I dropped the, the bomb of dude, I just shot the biggest buck of my life to him. And you can just hear it in his voice. Like he's like, he's, He's just like a scatterbrain all of a sudden. What am I? Are, are, what happened? I'm on my way. Like, stay there. <laughs> you know, just all this, all this stuff. And that's real time. That's a real conversation. We don't reenact that. That's just how it happened. And uh, it was a long two hours waiting on the cavalry to show up. I will tell you that. Oh, man. Uh, waiting on dad and Dan and Freddie to show up. It was two hours after I shot that deer before we went back in there. And steady blood trail. 50, 60 yards, and he's laying there piled up. <laughs> to walk up on a deer like that, with that kind of character. Yeah. We didn't know this deer. I didn't know this deer. We didn't have pictures of this deer. And my biggest deer by 20 plus inches. I mean, he he grossed just under 140, I think 139 and two eighths officially. And he's going to book at 129 and five eighths. So my first Pope and Young, which has been on my bucket list since I started. Yeah. Well, and the really cool thing is, the really cool thing is this deer on its right side has a uh, tine that's broke off about an inch up. It's broke off. And, uh, it's amazing that the surrounding neighbors and that, that run trail cameras, all of a sudden were starting to send pictures of this buck. The Mike said, Hey, I saw that deer. Here, here's pictures of it with the, with the tine that's not broke off. And it was cool. And I think there was one guy that actually passed this buck. Is that right, Mike? Yeah. There was a guy that. Uh, messaged me on Facebook a week or so after I, I killed him and uh, sent me sent me a picture of him. And he uh, he goes, hey, is this the deer that you shot? And 100, 100% was the same deer. And uh, he goes, he goes, I passed him on October 5th at 25 yards. <laughs> and I just kind of like chuckled to myself. Like, why would you pass a deer like this? <laughs> you don't pass you know, deer like that in PA, man. Well, and here's <laughs> the thing. Here's the thing. Now we're landlocked with a bunch of a bunch of posted up property on this one piece that we, that I killed this deer. And he told me two things. One, the first one, I, I have a hard time believing, but he told me one, he told me that he didn't think the deer was that big. And two, he wanted to see another year, but then he followed that up with a question of, well, did you put a tape on him? And I was like, yeah, just under 140. And I got, well, I effed up. You know, like all of a sudden, yeah, well, yeah, you think like 140 inch deer gross in PA, like who would have thought, you know, who would have thought? And I was seconds from, from being down the tree. Yeah. Yeah, man, to this day, just reliving it. I've watched that video probably two dozen times, man. Like it, it, it just doesn't get old. And I pick something out in that video almost every time I watch it that I don't even remember. Right. (laughs) Yeah, dude, yeah, I love the one side on that thing. Go ahead, Chuck. Up in the in the scramble, you know, and like I said, it it happened so fast. It, I, it was just shock. It was disbelief there at first. Like did that really just happened. Did did something finally just fall my way? I, I've already had a hundred and thirty plus inch deer shot out 
that I felt I was a sit or two away from killing shot on a neighboring property just a few weeks prior. Another 110, 115 and seven point a week or so prior got shot on a net, you know. So I knew that the deer were there. It wasn't, it wasn't that at all. It was just the hours, the time, the effort, the emotions. I mean, you, you get emotionally invested in, in these seasons when you, I sat 110 hours this fall. <laughs> you know, I, that's a lot of tree time. That is a lot of tree time. You know, but I, with that being said, I was rewarded. I saw, I averaged over a deer an hour this year. I saw, I saw 29 bucks and I think 87 does or something. Yeah, 88. Yeah, I'm eight, over, over a deer an hour. Like, that's awesome. That's pretty awesome. You know, like, <laughs> I've never had numbers like that. And I mean, I haven't really logged them. This was the first year that I logged them, but I got to spend all season in the tree because I was laid off work. Yeah. You didn't hear me complain. No. But like, Man, what a what a year 2020 was for me in in the archery world, whether it be, you know, 3D or or deer hunting because man, I best year I've had by by far. All right, so yeah, I'm not I'm, even the deer you were after. Not even the deer I was after. Not the deer even I was deer after still out there. Oh, man. It, it, he made it through the season. As far as we know. We don't know. He's oh, he's man. in the he's in the class of a deer that if he would have got shot, I feel like I would have heard about it. Yeah, that's yeah. where mine So how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping. I'm I'm itching to get cameras back out and hopefully get some hopefully get some pictures. Of this oh time. yeah, oh yeah. Whew. dude, I I love the story. I I love the video too. I mean that that really is an impressive deer. I mean congratulations on that buck. That's thank you. That's thank you. Awesome buck, yeah. man. The character on it's crazy. The one side I love it. This it's got those little stickers all over the place. It's kind of bladed out a little yeah. bit, palmated. Yeah, it's cool, man. Big crab claw yeah, on the same does. side. Yeah. It's, it's, it, character is is pretty sweet. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> a big old grin on your face. That's, yeah, I, guess I, I yeah, can't help it, man. I mean, like I said, Pope and Young for me has been bucket list since I started this whole thing. And, yeah. you know, my dad's been hunting 40-some years, and he's never even shot a Pope and Young. So, like, to me, that accomplishment just, I mean, like I said, it's a reward. I spent the time. I put the work in. You know, and I know guys that do that and don't get the reward, but you're not going to get the reward if, like we said earlier, if you're not out there doing it, you know, it's, it's a no brainer for me. I mean, it's, we, we said it earlier. We say it all the time. There is no off season. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can, honestly, I can relate to that. This past year wasn't so much for me. Um, and Chuck, previous years, we've been out all the time scouting all spring, putting trail cams, running everything all summer hunting all fall, doing the same thing through the winter and just starting over again. This year was a little bit weird. I mean, we didn't get at it. And, you know, we're, we're talking about getting right back into that next year because neither one of us had a super successful season. And Chuck's the one who actually brought it up. I mean, he said it in a previous episode, you know, the one thing that we were missing, we, we weren't out there really pounding, putting the boots on the ground and really doing our homework. And, you know, it, in my opinion and in his, obviously it shows. Yeah. Yeah, I think I let uh I let work get a little too much a hold of my priorities, which just sounds horrible, but <laughs> you know, work has to yeah, be Yeah, but you, you have to work. Yeah, you have to finance this habit we have of hunting gear. Oh yeah. So you you have, you have to work. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh worked a lot of hours this this off season and when it came to the season, you know, didn't get as many cameras out didn't get as much real life intel kind of fell right. on land based off of 
past year data. And when I was putting the plan together and trying to build certain locations and certain areas for each part of the season, and then I got into the season, started realizing, you know, other people are hunting these areas already. And, you know, first day of archery, I go back to a spot that's, you know, about half a mile back in the woods and it's kind of tucked away, a little bit hidden. And sure enough, there's a camera and already a drip tube over top of a scrape that's there every year. Wow. And it's the first day of season. I'm like, you got <laughs> that's rough. Kidding. That yeah. is rough. That is rough. You're talking about boots on the ground, too. I shot this deer out of a stand that we hung the first week of November. Oh. We found this spot mid-season. Yeah, we went in, in the pouring rain I mean, on a Sunday. We went in. It, it was, it, like we said, even when we're doing it, we're still trying to get better. I mean, we hung this set mid-season on a whim. I yeah. mean, we went, I, I stumbled across a scrape line on a, on a bench that led right to a huge community scrape in the perfect pinch point for the rut. Two weeks later, I shoot the biggest deer I've ever killed. Oh yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, man. Hunting that hot sign, really, really getting in there. I mean, that's, if you listen to some of the bigger guys, listen to Jared Scheffler, like he hunts on the ground a lot and he's constantly going, he hunts hot sign constantly, constantly, constantly. If he gets through a piece and there's nothing there, guess what? He moves on to the next moves piece. On. Yep. You know, yep. you, you got to do that. And when, when you do it in season, you I mean, look, that. it pays off exactly what you did. Hunted hot sign, bam, biggest deer of your life. And I, you know, for the first time and, you know, I've passed deer per se in the past, but I've passed bucks that I have hanging on my wall this year that I could have shot on film. Yep. But you and, have you know, to do that. Didn't. If you want to shoot, shoot something quality, you do have to let the little ones go, dude. Yep. You do. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, that there's, can, you can see, uh, you know, behind me here, there's my first three, four, you can't see one. My first three archery bucks are right behind me here. And, you know, that I think the biggest one is maybe 110 inches. Um, you know, but that, those were my first three. I shot one in PA. What's wrong with that? No, no. I mean, absolutely. And one of them's an Ohio buck. I shot my first ever archery buck in PA. And then exactly one week later in Ohio, shot my biggest archery buck. And then I, I shot this half rack, uh, really cool six point side bucks the next year. So I was on fire there for a little bit. And then it got to a point where, you know, like you said, you, I kind of started to mature now. Okay. Finally, I've done it. I, it took me so, I mean, I've been archery hunting since I was 14 years old. I, I think it took me 12 years for me to shoot my first buck. And I mean, that's a lot of time spent up in a tree, a lot. Yeah. I've messed yeah, up a lot. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you there. Every way you could possibly screw it up, I did it. And I'm talking on over a dozen different bucks. I finally got it done and then, you know, got it done again. And the next year I killed another one. Well, it just so happens that next year I killed that other one. He was 145 inches and an absolute tank. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's awesome. Hey. Sometimes that's just how it happens, dude. I mean, Cody, perfect example. (laughs) The kid, you know, love him to death. I put him in my tree 2016, the year I shot that nine point that I was showing you guys earlier. I put him in my one tree the last day of the season, the last morning. What's he do? He goes in and shoots first buck with him. (laughs) Like, haven't shot a buck. It was about 110. It was 110 inch, eight point. Real nice deer. Like, what? 
Like, I haven't, I've hunted that stand all season. I haven't even seen a buck to shoot. You go there and shoot a buck out of it. You know, I mean, sometimes that's just how it happens and screwing up on deer, like you're saying, it sucks at the time. It does. I've been there. I feel you when you say that. Oh, yeah. That's experience. That's game time experience. You can't get that anywhere else. And that just, that just turns you into the, the hunter that you are today. And oh, yeah. you get to learn, you get to teach those lessons too, which is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally no, agree, man. Let me to teach. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ever evolving game that we play. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. But we are getting closer on time here. Now, Charles mentioned something before we got started, and we've given you guys a little bit of time to kind of think about it. We usually do your favorite hunting story, but since it's you and your dad, Charles had the idea. I absolutely freaking love it. I want to hear your favorite hunting story together. Well, uh, that that's, that's so tough. I oh, know. Man, that's gonna that be- is so <laughs> tough because every hunt. Well. You know what? We, since we already started, since we already we already mentioned his turkey hunt, which is probably my favorite one. But my my other one that's that's close would be his very first deer. Um, oh, I like it. And that was that was the doe. And it was funny. It was we. Uh, it was the youth hunt. It's in October. That mentored youth season yeah. there for three days. But we went out the night before, and uh, we had a we're just sitting on the ground, and we had I think he was what eleven or. 10 or 11 anyhow we had a a, a buck come in i said well you can't shoot the buck because we're sitting here with a rifle you know? <laughs> well the next then i said well you know what i had a, a pop-up ground blind that i bought when he started he wanted to go to the woods we had to buy a uh, i bought a blind to get him in so the next morning we got there it i left the blind set up right where i wanted to go well we got there and it was pouring rain i said well let's at least keep your gun in the case we'll take it to the blind we'll get in the blind and we'll, you know, be dry. Well, we got in the blind. It was still dark, just, just pouring rain. And he, he fell asleep. Two doe come out on, we're on a, uh, it was a gas line. Two doe come out to our left about a hundred yards, 89, hundred yards, somewhere in there. And by the time I got him awake, the first one had already gone across. Well, then the second one, he, I said, there, right here, right here, Mike. Well, he gets the gun up, puts it out there. The dude, he's like a seasoned pro. A deer come out. And he had, I had made uh, shooting sticks with a couple limbs and a zip tie. Deer come out and he, man, and stopped it. As soon as he stopped it, he shot. And deer ran off and I said, man, I think he hit that one. I don't know. But we went over and, and found blood. He didn't go maybe 50 yards, but I thought that was the coolest one that he fell asleep and, and uh, which he does a lot. <laughs> and that, that was, my, that was one of my coolest ones. Some of my best sleep comes in the woods. Oh man, you yeah, put me in an old school climber. Ooh, <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> turkey, I mean, turkey season, turkey season, you get into, you know, birds shut up for a while and you just lean up against a tree and the sun's hitting you and it's nothing better, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will, I will treat you to a story that happened to me in Ohio, but I'll let Mike go ahead and tell his, uh, his, uh, his favorite hunt. And then I'll favorite, tell you what happened to me in Ohio. <laughs> favorite hunt or favorite father son moment during a hunt. Either Which one, one you whichever all one right. you like. So, I mean, all my hunts are my favorite, but I, I will never forget. <laughs> I'll never forget the first, the first buck I shot. I was, I was, I mean, I was young. Oh. I didn't shoot very many deer with a bow. Um, and we were, 
I mean, we were in different trees, probably, I don't know, 150 yards apart or so. And we had those old walkie talkies. That's Motorola. Yeah, Motorola. <laughs> and I mean, we're just, we're separated by a hill, basically. He's on one side and I'm on the other. We're talking back and forth, haven't seen anything. And all of a sudden I just cut him off. I'm like, hang on, there's a buck right here. And, uh, this is a busted up six point walks out in front of me. I don't know, probably 30 yards or so. And he's same gas line in the same general area that I shot my first deer on that he just told you the story about. And this buck comes out and he's going to go straight across this gas line. It's, it's obvious. Like he comes straight out, never broke stride. Like he's headed straight away from me. And again, I'm young, man. I don't know. Okay. Grab your grunt call. And I still carry this grunt call to this day for the simple fact that I grunted the first buck I ever killed him with this thing. But that's besides the, <laughs> I grunt three times at this deer and he turns on a dime and comes right back in 10 yards. I double long him. He does a semicircle around the tree and falls over. So I hop back on the walkie talkie and <laughs> I must have talked for five minutes without taking a breath. <laughs> I just rambled Sport. on and yeah. not taking his finger off the uh, button. I never so took I my finger off it. the button. So dad couldn't say anything. So as soon as I let off, he doesn't say anything other than, dude, can I talk now? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Like all of a sudden, like it just brought me back down to earth and I'm like, oh yeah, sorry. Like my bad, you know, just, I remember that conversation just because it was the first buck that I ever killed with a bow, but I relive that conversation every time I kill something and I'm on the phone with him because every conversation that we have after a harvest, it's not the same conversation, but it's the same atmosphere. It's the same excitement. And we've done it time after time, after time, after time over the years. And it never gets old. He's always the first call. It doesn't matter what it is, buck, doe, turkey, bear. I mean, anything, anything that I put an arrow in, he's the first call. And that excitement and that interaction, it just always brings me back to that first buck that I killed because I can still to this day, remember him say, dude, can I talk now? <laughs> like he was just so animated and he always is. We both are. And I, I'll never forget that. I will never, ever forget that. That's epic, man. See, we should have been running cameras then. Yeah. I should have yeah. been in the tree with you with the cameras, what I should have been doing. <laughs> that was, you know, Besides what do you do? Yeah. Oh man. All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear this Ohio. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know how long we were, uh, it's been, uh, early eighties. We went on a primitive hunt in Salt Fork State Park in Ohio. You guys oh, familiar with that? Oh my goodness. Does Charles know that place? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's where we go. Yeah. I, I hear it's a, I hear it's a hotbed for Sasquatches, but <laughs> it anyhow, is. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I hear. Every time I see something like that, it's, oh yeah, I was there. I was there. But, uh, we went on a primitive hunt. We went on a primitive hunt. We were bow hunting, but I guess the, the they had allowed muzzle letters and that too, uh, for this, for this hunt. And, uh, right away we noticed there was just a ton of guys, just a ton of guys. So we went driving around the park and we noticed that one part of the park, there's a pretty good swamp. So we got in there just scouting, looking around. The water was probably just wasn't quite knee deep. And, but anywhere you got a, a dry spot, a little island, uh, there was just a ton of deer signs. We thought, well, you know what? The guys normally, you know, other people aren't going to walk back in this water and, so we thought, well, that's, there you go. That's what we're going to do. So the very next year, the opening day, the, the first day of the hunt, we go back in there in the dark. And I had, you guys remember or have you seen the old Baker climbing tree stand? Oh, yeah. Okay. They're a death trap. <laughs> All right. But <laughs> they are. Sure are. How it didn't kill me on this hunt, I don't know. 
but I carried that thing in on my back in the dark with a flashlight to come to a, a, a little island there. I got up out of the water and uh, there were some nice trails cut across and I could see a big maple tree of his stand in there. I thought, well, I'm going to get in that. Well, I got my uh, stand on the tree and I, my hand climber, which I hold with my hands and it goes above, you know, and you know how you inchworm your way up the tree. I didn't go up seven or eight feet. And there's a big limb sticking out the back. I didn't have a saw or anything, so I thought, oh, this is not high enough. I need to get down out of here and get to another tree. So now I'm getting in a hurry, personally. <laughs> so I'm taking pretty big bites coming down the tree. And when I'm about, oh, I don't know, three three feet off the ground or so, I'm looking down. I'm thinking, all right. And it's just breaking day now. And I'm thinking, you know, if I just uh, take one more bite, one more step down the tree, I can get off the tree. Well, as I lowered my hand climber to get it to bite and put weight on it, it slipped. All right. Now, you know how you're how you're situated in these climbing stands you have i had my feet in straps facing the tree well when the uh uh the hand climber let loose of course i lost my grip on it and i went over backwards okay uh, yeah over backwards with my feet still facing the tree and i was close enough to the ground that i could touch the ground with my hand and i you know and i thought, now I better slide my bow out of the way so I didn't fall on it. And the first thing I thought was, well, this is kind of funny. Now I'm going to see a deer, you know. Well, I figured, I thought all I'd have to do is sit back up. Well, that's not the case. Uh, as soon as I started to move, I got a pain down my left leg. And at this point, it's not funny anymore. I thought maybe I broke my ankle. Now, you guys have been in the woods at daybreak, and you know how quiet it is. In my mind, I'm thinking, all right, who's the closest one to me? And it happened to be my buddy, Bert. So, well, I started hollering, <laughs> yo, Bert, Bert, you know, Bert, and uh, got a reply, says, we're coming, hang on, and uh, I, dude, hanging upside down, I look, here come three guys through the swamp in a canoe, they come right up and beached within 10 feet of me, <laughs> all three of them get out. Lift me back up onto my tree. Now I'm bear hugging the tree, man. I was like, oh my God, my, my legs are shaking. I mean, I could hardly talk. And they go, and the, the one guy goes, hey, oh, well, you were hung. We thought maybe you shot yourself. I said, yeah, with my bow. Okay. <laughs> they said, well, you okay? I said, I'm fine. Just go ahead and go. Get out of here. No, I'm, I'm fine. I said, I'll just sit right here on my stand two feet off the ground. <laughs> well, they left. They got in their canoe and took off. And I'm just sitting there. I'm trying. I'm standing on the tree, putting weight on my leg. I'm trying to see if I actually did break or not. But I, I ended up like that, and it was sprained pretty good. And next thing I heard, splash, splash, splash. I got, oh my God, here comes a deer. No, here comes Bert. <laughs> Bert come, yeah, Bert come running right over to my tree, and he says, "Dude, are you all right?" I said, no, "I'm good. I just fell out of my tree. I'm all right." He goes, "You sure you're okay?" I said, "Yeah." He left, and uh, I sat there until about lunchtime, and I limped back out to the car, and we had a he had a van, and we were hunting with a. Uh, Baptist minister and his son. And they were standing there at the car and I figured, well, I'm just going to walk up. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to act stupid. So I walked up and they looked at me and the pastor goes, boy, we glad to see you. I go, why? He goes, dude, did you hear that guy screaming down in there this morning? <laughs> I said, yeah, that would have been me. And, uh, they just had a dumb look on their face. And you know, everybody I saw that entire weekend must have been related to one of those three guys in that canoe. Because all I heard was, all right, are you the guy that was hanging upside down in the tree stand? <laughs> yeah, that was me. Oh, and man. Uh, for years and years and years, I had to endure those jokes. But, yeah, I'm, they're probably still telling that story 
in <laughs> Salt Fork State Park in Ohio. That's well, hilarious. <laughs> must be something about that park, uh, Rick, because uh, if you go back to our episodes and listen to the one with my younger brother where he shot his Ohio buck, uh, uh-huh. we were out there and a buddy of ours actually uh, fell out of his tree and was dangling wow. from safety harness. He was standing in a climber. And all of a sudden, the bottom of his climber just completely dropped. Wow. And he did the same thing. He's screaming and yelling. And my brother was close by and had to run out his truck. I can't remember what he got. I think he He got got his climber. I think. What's that? I think he got his climber. Yeah. He got it. He ran to get his climber because he was hunting a ladder stand. Ran to get his climber, pop somebody, and uh, asked him to call. You know, for the 911. Meanwhile, I'm all the way on the other side of potentially the same swamp you're talking about right now. Yeah, could be. Could be. And, and <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to sirens come. This I'm is filming and you're going, it. What is going on? I'm filming it because oh, you're the filming it. are howling the whole time to the siren. I'm like, this is so cool. I can't wait to show them. Well, coming from their perspective, wasn't very cool because the Indians was <laughs> coming to save them. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's wow. Wow. Oh, uh, very familiar with it. That's that's pretty wild. That's a funny story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <unreal. laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, unbelievable. This just took a wild turn. That did take a wild turn. I was not <laughs> expecting that. <but laughs> Jeez. We said it was a small world. Yeah, we did. That's oh, yeah. crazy because yes, now did. we both have we both have wild stories from State Park in Ohio. The same park. I think yeah. watch it. There's no other explanation. Wow. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Every time I see a program and they mention about the you know seeing the squatches on salt fork state park i was there i was there yep. i didn't see any squatches but... that this middle buck right here over my shoulder i don't know if you can see that rick that's the one i shot at salt fork uh, i can't i can't see it mike's okay. got the yeah. computer upstairs he's the 110 i shot at salt fork uh my oh, second. that'd be nice that's a good buck bow with a bow yep yep with the bow nice nice yep. <laughs> yeah I We've can... seen some out there. My brother's caught some. Two of my brothers shot really nice ones out there. That's a really great park. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Joe shot a real nice I've one never been back. I've been too embarrassed to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still talking about you at the local diner, I'm sure. Oh, I, I'm telling you. I know there's got to be stories floating around there, man. As fast as that got around that park, everybody was related. Yeah, that was my uncle's cousin that was in the canoe or something. It's like, unbelievable. That's oh, one thing man. I'd love to do, man, is get into Ohio. Yeah. yeah. What were they yeah, doing? we had some good water. Were they running a trap line? Because when we go down there, there's all kinds of guys running a trap line out of a canoe through that, that creek that runs through. I don't know. No, they, they were hunting, I, I, oh. I assume. I mean, I'm looking at them upside down, so I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, I was just... I was glad I wasn't in West Virginia. <laughs> I was, I was in a bad way. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Oh my. Oh. But I, I mean, you know, I, that's but awesome. I went home and threw that. I went home and threw that Baker tree stand away. I didn't. I stopped using that. I had too many close calls with that thing. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's another. It's a different oh. feeling oh, when you feel horrible. a climber I, slip. Oh, yep. Yeah, that was the worst <laughs> one. Yeah, oh, I can. I, and I even often thought after that. I mean, what would happen if I was twenty feet up the tree and was hanging like right. that? Yeah, right. oh, yeah. somebody have to come up the tree. You know that that would that may not have ended well. <laughs> yeah. So, but oh man, that was those are both good stories. I love them. <laughs> yeah. 
Alright guys, we're getting to the end here. Before we let you guys go, Mike, throw out there where everybody can find Grip and Grin, your social media, your website, all that fun stuff. Man, I mean, like I said earlier, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, all of them, Grip and Grin Outdoors. Um, same, same, same line, you pull them up, uh, you'll, you'll find us on, on all of those platforms. And then the website, uh, Dad, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's literally just www.grippandgrinoutdoors.com. Um, that is correct. Yeah. Like I said, we are we're kind of in a in a weird spot with the website right now. Kind of got a couple things going on. Uh, like I said, we are trying to get a store on there, and then just your your typical tabs. We have links to to our to our various social medias. I think we also at one point had a link to the game commission's website and all this fun stuff we do um, yeah and we have a there's a it, it lists the moon phases and yeah, different so things like that yeah there's there's yeah. there's some there's some cool stuff on there and like i said i give my younger brother all the credit for that because way over my head yeah um, it's been his baby. yeah <laughs> but uh no i mean like i said from the beginning man it's just been, it's a lot of fun and it it seems like every year or something out we're either getting another camera or somebody else wants on board or there's, there's something that happens every year that just makes, reminds us why we're doing this. And like I said, from the get go, we're not by any means professionals at this, but what we do put out there is hundred percent real and raw. And that's just who we are. And uh, we are having yep. a blast doing it. I like it, man. That that's a perfect place to end right there, man. We appreciate you having us on. That was, that was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Thank you guys both for coming on. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We'll have for- to, uh, We'll have to get together and shoot some 3D or something this this summer, and I would love that. Yeah, maybe we'll see you up in Freiburg. Yeah, maybe we'll yeah. see you up in Freiburg. Hope so. I hope so. Hopefully, uh, yeah. hopefully yeah, get together and do this sometime too. Out, yeah. yeah, I'll let you know what day it is, and then maybe we can even organize it to where you're either in in the group with us or uh, something like that. Because I know one of the people that kind of run the show there, and I can make sure that we're close together, if not in the same in the same kind of group. That's cool. Yeah, it'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yep. All right, well, boys. Thanks. Really appreciate you coming on, spending your time with us tonight. Absolutely, man. It was a blast. No problem. It's my uh, pleasure. Hopefully, we get to do this again sometime too. It's yeah. A lot of fun. Maybe we're talking about another buck. That's what I'm talking about. 